so we have a project. We have a project. We call it OM Champion Project. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Marseille View. Um, I'm Ben, your host again. Um, it's nice. Um, I've, I've, <laughs> I, I seem to be the, the host mostly nowadays, but thankfully I'm here with guests. Um, we've got Charles tonight joining us again. How are you, buddy? Uh, could be question. Could be better, but uh, yeah, everything is fine. Yeah, stupid question, but um, yeah. Well, thanks we, for joining, and uh, we we'll still do and, that, that podcast, Nori. Yeah, well, we're, we're group therapy. Sometimes it helps. Exactly. That's the one tonight. We, yeah, and we have um, Callum joining us for the first time. Um, so for those who are unfamiliar with Callum, he was a regular on uh, La Commanderie. Um, he's quite vocal on Twitter. He's the, the, the miracle worker who, who got Joey Barton to come to the game against Tottenham in September. And he's here to join us tonight and vent his fury as well, I guess. Um, Callum, welcome. Tell us a bit about yourself and your relationship with Owen. Yeah, thanks, Ben. I mean, look, I, uh, I've, I've been around the club since I was four. I've been to the Velodrome every year since 1993. Um, it's an amazing club. Uh, it's an amazing area. Very passionate about the team and, and the city, actually. And, you know, obviously this week is not the greatest week um, in the club's history. But we just have to keep going and keep getting behind them, you know. And um, I'm looking forward to being on the show tonight. Yeah, thanks for joining us, buddy. Um, and again, like shout out if, if anybody who listens regularly wants to join us and we can make the times work, you're more than welcome to DM us. Um, but it's nice to get a bit of variety. Uh, tonight, we're going to cover... <coughs> I mean, we did hesitate to wait until Monday, but I hate having to cram four games in freeze enough. And and frank, frankly, after last night, I needed an outlet for my, my rage. Um so we'll cover briefly the Toulouse win. Um, <laughs> there will be some positive um, in this show. And then we'll get into the horrible defeat to PSG and, and even worse performance and result yesterday losing in the Cup to NC and getting knocked out in the quarterfinals. So uh, 10 days ago, we played Toulouse. We went away from home. Um, Toulouse were in pretty good form. Um, I think we'd mentioned this in, on, on the show um, before we played them, that... Um, I think we were the, the only team to beat them since the, the World Cup break. Uh, they, they had, I think, the top attack in Europe or something along those lines. So it, it, even though we, we've got a really good record there, we did anticipate a bit of a difficult game. And, and that's exactly what we got, to be honest. Within, within two minutes, they went a goal up. And it was not looking good for us. But somehow... As, as has been regular occurrence in the last few few months, we, we found resource and we, we, we dug deep. 
um, and we found the win, and we, we came away with a 3-2 win. Um, we, we shot ourselves a bit and, and scared ourselves towards the end because we went 3-1 up, and then they got a goal back with 10 minutes to go. It was, it was a really good goal, actually. Um, but we, we, we got the win. Um, Mbemba, again, scoring and equalising. Um, Cengiz Ender with a, with a pretty decent volley uh, from a corner to get the, the, the second goal just after half-time, and then... Tavares somehow um, getting quite a few lucky deflections and, and scoring his seventh goal of the season, I believe. But uh, I guess, Charles, your, your, your thoughts on that very quickly overall? Um, pretty fortunate to get the win, but but not spectacular, right? Yeah, I mean, we got caught by surprise at the beginning of the game. Um, Toulouse clearly had a good plan to, to attack. Um, so it's also one of those games, I guess we're going to talk about it, um, is Tudor trying to bring Unai for the first time in the starting lineup? Um, didn't work. The shirt was too big for him. He was not ready to um, ready for the physical challenges coming from Toulouse. You know, when you wearing the Marsa shirt, the teams are 200% motivated, and Unai was not ready for it. So Tudor had to change his plan um, from halftime, bringing Malinowski back and. Obviously, I guess, uh, screaming and shouting at the players at halftime, making them understand they are simply not playing, not physical enough, not playing the two-door football. And the team reacted very strongly. And within 10, 15 minutes, we were at a 3-1 up, um, which was great. You can take it as the team has resources. Uh, we have a bench now. We have depth. Um, two-door has a good grasp on, the, uh, on, grasp on, the, on his group. Or... The other side of the argument is like he got it wrong to start with. He made adjustment at half time, and clearly he can feel like his team is not mentally and physically ready for to win a game. Well, we can drop points. Uh, so those is two sides of the argument. But I guess leaving the, that win uh, two weeks ago, I guess we're just very happy with the group reaction and those three points against a very good team. Yeah, it's good to get the point. I guess, um, I mean, I don't want to overanalyze, but we it's been a few weeks like that where we, we've been playing decently for spells of games, but we've not been great, right? But we've still been getting the wins. But The first half, especially. Could, yeah, but you, you could argue, I mean, when, when you look at Sunday and, um, and and yesterday, I mean, not 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 at all finding excuses, but... The, the sides are there a bit, you know. We've been we've been running out of steam for a while. We've been scraping wins because we just have so much better individual quality, and and, and we've been quite clinical actually, um, apart from the last two games. But th- maybe the signs were there that we were running out of steam, and um, we were due a bit of a, a humbling and a calm down. It's just a shame the timing. I mean, Callum, any any thoughts on the Toulouse game just to round off? I think you have to look at it subjectively and I think you have to say that on reflection, it was a very good win. Um, Toulouse have had a very, very good last month and a half, two months before that game. I know they've dropped off a bit since, but I think if you actually look and if you analyse um, that game, PSG and then Ren on Sunday this week, if we were to win at Ren on Sunday, I don't think anybody could say six points from those three is a dramatic failure. Um, I think you'd have to say it's actually not a bad return on those three games. Um, I thought it was a very good win. I think that, you know, I think some of the comments have been made before are completely right. Tactically, we didn't start great. Um, 
don't think the team was really up for it in the first half. I thought Toulouse were very, very impressive, actually. And they've been very impressive in lots of games I've seen them in this season. But I, I do think in the second half, um, it was a great sign of mental strength. And that was actually what probably deluded me into thinking we might be able to win the title, was watching that second half and thinking, well, if we can turn this around, we, we can definitely compete. Um, you'd have to say, though, that in the last 10 minutes of the game, and last 15, 20 minutes, actually, we looked very fatigued and we also looked like we were beginning to lose our shape a bit. And I think we were actually a bit lucky at the end. Um, and so that, you know, on reflection, even though we won, it's easy to forget those things when you've won the game. Um, the warning signs have been there. I think that's right for a while. We probably have, um, you know, this is a massive game on Sunday, but I, I think that the Toulouse game, look, on reflection, it's a great win. Um, I wouldn't take anything away from the players and the coach. He's allowed to make mistakes, but I think in the end, um, against a very hard team away from home, we've been playing very well. It's a very impressive win. And I, I came out of that game thinking, on to, on to Paris, um, we've got a real chance here. So I, I haven't got much negative to say about that game, to be honest. You're going to have negative moments in games, but to get the win there was a very, very good result. Yeah, because yeah. to, to, just to recap the context, remember like the week before Paris lost to Monaco, right? And we were all thinking, and, and well, you know, we'll, we'll mention it, but they were they were free free to down with five minutes to go against Lille at lunchtime on Sunday, and then they somehow scraped a fucking win with Messi scoring a free kick at the last minute. Um, but but we were all thinking that that morning we were like shit, you know. If, if they lose and we win, we're two points away. And suddenly next week, we sorry, three points from them. Sorry, if they lose, two points. But if we win tonight, we can we can beat them next week and go top of the league. But lo and behold, reality caught up to us. And and as as usual with well, as usual and too often with OM, um, you, you you your dream falls apart. But that was the context really. So it was as you say, kind of don't yeah. Let's not sort of take anything away from from finding the the resources and digging deep to hold on to the points. Uh, Sean, do you, you want to add something? Yeah, I would just, I would, sorry. Go, Kelly. Go, uh, go for it, mate. I was just going to add, I also actually feel that the, um, what happened on Sunday with PSG Lille before that game would have been quite difficult for our players to respond to that. And, you know, five minutes from the end, they'd have thought, wow, PSG might lose this and we can really close the gap. Suddenly it's 4-3. Messi scores that free kick. It would have been hard for them going into that psychologically, I think, after seeing that. So I think you've got to give it a lot of kudos to the players for the, for the way that they came back from 1-0 down and, and got a good win away from home against a team that's very much in form, very hard to play against, especially at Toulouse. And just remembering that Ren got smashed there the week before um, at Toulouse. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I had not much negative to say after that game, if I'm honest. Yeah, I just wanted to add first uh, first stat of the night. Uh, it's one of the very few games where we are behind in terms of XG at the end of the of the game. Almost two XG for Toulouse against just one for us. Um, so we were clinical at that game. And like you say, Callum, I think we just, I mean, once again, if you just base your opinion on XG, we got a bit lucky to end up with a 3-1, 3-2 win. A draw would probably been fair. Um, so... So yeah, so it doesn't happen if you offense. So this Toulouse team is very strong, uh, and it was a very good three points to get, and and the optimism leading into the Paris Saint Germain game. Well, it's 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 time to uh, yeah to, to to rip off the band-aid. Um, you know, good win in Toulouse. 
uh, and then build up during the week as we all expect and everybody's thinking back you know we, we absolutely battered them in the cup we bullied them off the board we won all of the jewels um, but uh, quite a few of us were measured saying hey fucking Mbappe is back it's not going to be the same um, you know just be careful and lo and behold it's exactly what happened really we, we, we started the game okay um, we had decent shape so so Tudor uh, opted for Tavares at right wing back instead of Cruz, who was on the bench. Um, so that was, and, and bear in mind, we were missing Mbemba suspended and, and Gigou injured as well. So we had a bit of a makeshift backline to begin with, but clearly it fucking backfired. I mean, Tavares on the right and Bailly behind him, who for, for all his qualities and all his faults and whatever, he the guy's barely played since he's come back from suspension and, um, we didn't have a choice, right? We needed to, to obviously start someone there and, and he's experienced and stuff, but it was always going to be difficult, even if Mbemba was there, I think, we're coping with Mbappe. And so we, we started rather okay. It wasn't as, as dominant as the cap game, but uh, we, we created the best chances in the first 20 minutes. Tavares had a one-on-one -on -one that inexplicably his, his brain stopped working for, for one split second and Nuno Mendes caught up with him and he didn't get a chance to put his shot away. And then he had another chance, which was probably a bit more difficult, but but still we, we could have been at least one nil up in the first 20 minutes. And that may, may have changed probably the, the dynamic of the game and certainly our players sort of mentality and belief. But, you know, usual tariff, sadly, when, um, when Mbappe is there and he's, and he's on it, he will punish you. And he did just that. And it could have been 3-0 easily before half-time. Put up his, I think, dived into his feet just before half-time. But he, he scored um, a, a pretty good goal. The first goal, he uh, he ran like a diagonal run across the a back line. Nobody followed him or tracked him. And it was pretty difficult to do that anyway. Messi plays him free, buries it. He plays a pretty amazing cross in no man's land. The keeper can't get there. The defender can't get there. And, and Messi just, just slots it in. So... He made a real difference. Now, not notwithstanding that the Mbappe factor, Callum, do, do you do you think Tudor tried to be too clever and maybe should have, have started close and, and been a bit more classical in his team selection? hundred percent. I mean, there's no doubt that I think he's done it a few times now. I'm not uh, attacking him because I think he's done a great job overall, but sometimes this season he's been a bit too. He tries to be a bit too clever, in my opinion, in the way that he, um, the way he looks at the tactical setup and how to mitigate against different, um, different problems that are going to arise in games due to the opposition. But I also have to say, um, on reflection, having had a bit of time to reflect on the game, I felt we were a bit unlucky, if I'm honest. It wasn't a three-nil game. Um, I thought in the first half before they scored, I thought we were the better team. Um, you know, they have two incredible players in a Messi and a Mbappe who can change a game at any moment. Um, I think I think it was actually Charles who made this point before the game, but I think the swing of Mbemba being out and Mbappe being back was far more significant than maybe I had thought before the game. Um, I think that Mbemba's the only defender we have who has the capacity, in my opinion, to kind of manage Mbappe in any way. And without him there, I think we really struggled with that. I thought Mbappe was, uh, at times, he, he wasn't really involved, but as soon as he got involved, he was unplayable. The through ball for Messi was extraordinary. Um, it, you know, his solo goal was amazing and the third goal as well. But it wasn't a 3-0 game. And I would just say that 
you know, Charles just made the point about the Toulouse game and XG. I would say the opposite about the PSG game in that we were unlucky. If you look at the XG numbers, you look at possession, you look at shots on target, it was a pretty even game. Um, you know, the, the, the main fault we had at our end was we don't have the players that they have when it comes to clinical attacking football in the final third. And I think that our way of playing probably suited them. You know, they love playing on the counter, especially away from home. And I think that suited them. You know, they let us have the ball a bit and they just broke us down on the counter. And but you've got to give them credit. I thought they deserved to win. Uh, but I don't think it was a 3-0 game at all. And I don't think people should reflect on it as a 3-0 game. I think overall we were a bit unlucky with the scoreline. We deserved to lose, but we were a bit unlucky with the scoreline. And um, that I, I don't take big fault with that game, if I'm honest. I think that game wasn't great. But it wasn't catastrophic performance from my perspective. Um, you know, um, yeah, we just got beat by a team that's very clinical and very good uh, with two of the best players in the world, if not the two best players in the world. Yeah. Um, on the XG, it's really at the end we managed to equalise on the XG because of Vitinha big chances and uh, Sanchez big chance. Um, but like Ben said, it was pretty much 3-0 um, out of time. Um, yeah, Ben, on the question of Tudor being too clever, I mean, once again, I'm I'm nowhere to give a lecture or listen to to Tudor, but I think. Well, you you tried to before the season started, mate. You tried. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Tudor has one plan and he's sticking to his plan, and he will never change. So, coming into Paris uh, Paris game, just like his Tudor gonna adapt his game. Having somehow kind of a safety net because doing man-to-man marking against Mbappe is impossible. And because it's two doors, there's no plan B, there's no safety net. It just look at the players and who can potentially man-mark Mbappe. He went for Bailly. The cup game against Paris Saint-Germain, Nuno Mendes absolutely killed us. Uh, killed close on the man-to-man marking. So it's like, it was like who can keep cope with a kind of a pace. And he decided to swing um, Tavares to the other side, to the right side. It is as simple as that. We try to be like, is Tudor clever or whatever. It's just plan A, and there's no change from that. It's just thinking in terms of opposition and challenges. Who's going to mark who? And it's simple as that. Now, reality check. Bailly could not cope with Mbappé, gave him too much space or respected Mbappé too much, whatever you want the cursor to be put on. You know that Gav Tavares got hammered, did a really bad game, didn't follow his player, didn't communicate with Bailly, and his approach was wrong. But that's Tudor approach, so it's not wrong, it's not right. It's Tudor approach, there's no plan A, no plan B. This is our coach, this is our manager. He will stick to his tactic and strategy forever. So he will yeah. never change. So yeah, it's, it's as simple as that, and you don't play, like Callum said, exactly. we don't play Mbappé and Messi every weekend. So his approach works 90% of the time. That's why our, I guess our floor is pretty high thanks to his strategy because all the players are buying into his tactics. That's why our floor is pretty high against most of the team. But that's also why our selling is limited because you're starting playing team like this. Our team with one or two good technicians and we can kill us on a man-to-man marking like Monaco did a few weeks ago with Ben Yedder or with Ben Seguir. And the whole defensive organization is just broken. 
but that's Sudor, that's what we get for, and that's why we have to support him. And I'm, like I said, I'm no, nowhere to give him a lesson. He should have taken a safety net. That's the approach, and we failed to do so. Um, and just once again, I love my stats. Uh, so I compare mm-hmm. the I compare the challenges and and tackles from the cup game to um, the League One game. So the cup game, we had 21 change, 28 challenges and 21 tackles over 90 minutes. In League One, this number goes down to 18 and 11 tackles, showing once again the kind of physical intensity match to put the cup game. We could not reproduce, reproduce it um, in League One game. So, I, so I that's think, it. I think- yeah, I think I think beyond reproducing it, I mean, I, I'm not going to say fair play to PSG, but they they obviously whether it's Galtier, but the players, you know, if I'm a player and and I'm playing the same team in in, in the space of ten days and, and they absolutely bully me, um, even though in theory I'm supposed to be a better player and playing with better better teammates, obviously you remember that, and whether the coach gives you a game plan or not, you for, for your own fucking self pride, you will make sure that you, you kick the, the guy back this time, the second time. Maybe you didn't because you were a bit overwhelmed in the cup game, as you said, Charles. And as, as we analysed after the game, we proper went for it. We played the perfect game, executed the game plan perfectly. Well, guess what? They, they turned up and had a much better game plan and positive outlook and fighting spirit this time. And that played as well. I mean, back back to Trudeau's selections, guys. I mean, look, put it into context, right? If Tavares scores one of those two early chances he gets... We'd all be saying, "What's a genius putting him on, on the right?" And and it paid off and stuff. And um, it, it's fine margins. And then obviously Tavares missing those chances and 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 having expensed a lot of energy to get into those goal scoring positions. And and it's knocked his confidence. It's knocked his concentration. Um, and then PSG started started um, being much better um, at, at getting out of our counter press. And they created gaps, and that's when they 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 got those two quick fire goals, and they were very clinical. And, and Mbappe was was a key difference. And once our heads dropped, you sort of knew, you sort of felt like, oh shit, you know, game plan A failed, as you say, Charles, and there is no game plan B. And and we 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 matched them for sort of the best part of 30 minutes, but now they've scored, and they almost came came close to getting a third very just before half time. Well. You sort of realise shit. It's not really going our way tonight, and and it's not it's not like it's not enough to just to just go at them and and, and challenge them and, and and try and win the jewels. That we we try we have to try and produce some football here, and we just failed to do so. Um, and then I they scored Charles the third. A, go ahead, mate. I think Charles just made a really good point about the jewels. Um, I think on reflection, when you analyse the game. Um, there's no doubt PSG had improved from the cup game. I mean, there was no doubt about that. They they were far more, they had far more intensity about them, especially after sort of 25 minutes. I also got the impression that when um, their defender went off, uh, was it Kimpembe? One, when one yeah, went Kimpembe, off, yeah. Yeah. When he went off, I think that riled them up a bit. I think they kind of, you got a sense that they really came together after that, after he went off and just kind of made them feel like they were going to do it for him. He's obviously out for the rest of the season. Um, I also kind of got the sense that, uh, yeah, I thought their intensity levels, I thought Verratti was uh, incredibly impressive in midfield. I, I, I would take nothing away from that. I just also think that when when I want to go back to my earlier point, I mean, I think Charles's point about the jewels is totally correct, but I also think the swing of Mbemba being out and Mbappe being back was far more significant than I had previously thought before the game. Um, Mbemba's the only defender, as I said, who I think can handle Mbappe in any way. Bally, in my opinion, I totally agree with what Charles just said about 
not really handling the duel with Mbappe. But the truth is, I don't think he's fully fit. Um, you know, he hasn't played much football since Christmas. He wasn't sharp enough or ready for that, in my opinion. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, it's one of those unfortunate games that didn't go our way. I don't think we were anywhere near as bad performance-wise as maybe the result looks. I spoke to some friends of mine in England after it who said quite similar to me, actually, that they didn't think it was a 3-0 game at all. Uh, we just Yeah, but the, the scoreline was harsh, game. wasn't it? Yeah, the scoreline feels very harsh. We I mean, took outclassed by a couple of big moments. <laughs> yeah, and back back to your point about Bailly. I mean, um, in in the first game at, at the Parc des Princes, he was he was probably one of our best performers in that game before going off injured. So he's capable, I think, when he's fit. And he showed in the past when he when he, he played for United and they went to get that win at the Parc des Princes in, in that famous Champions League embarrassment for PSG that he pocketed Mbappé that whole game, right? So. Uh, again, I think it's down to, to fitness. I think it's down to obviously having a, a non-natural right wing back next to him, Tavares, who even if he was in his natural position, is prone to, to mistakes and not tracking back and not not doubling up in defence. So it it just it, it we couldn't do it any different to be honest. You know we had a lot of absentees. Maybe Klus would have been exposed exposed as similarly. Um, it's just the way it goes sometimes. May, may I ask you a question, Guy, and just say. Changing a bit was uh, was leading into that podcast. Um, you mentioned Bay not being physically fit and ready, but Tudor had a week to prepare that game and has not played Bay for some time because obviously it looks like he's not fully fit. So he, you, you he's practice- been back from um, from suspension for what four games now, and he's yeah. he's he started what one of those games right. So my my first question is like you know he's not fit. And you still play him. I guess you practice a whole week for him to be on Mbappé. And you see on the first touch, he's still giving two meters to Mbappé, which is suicidal with inside to give two meters to Mbappé. So that's my first question. Why keeping him, why putting him by knowing he looks like he was not ready? And my second question is more about, I mean, do you think Tudor needs to adapt during those games and just being a bit, I mean, kind of a flexible because... I mean, it's just his tactic is is great when you have the physical ability and when you can demolish physically a team. But like when you can't, I mean, is it, is it not normal that we don't have any plan B? That's the two questions I wanted to ask you guys because leaving the game, that was pretty much the two questions. I still got them unanswered till now. I mean, I, I I'll, I'll try and hazard a, a, a quick answer. I mean. You know, I've just mentioned, Bailly had been back for four games. I think he only started one of the last four games, and it wasn't even last week. So I was surprised that he didn't start him away to Toulouse, bearing in mind that he knew Mbemba was suspended. And that was that was probably the, the perfect chance to give him a full 90 minutes and get him ready. Um, I, I, fitness is, is one thing. It's match sharpness, right? It comes down to match sharpness. And um, you can, you can, you can. He obviously trained while he was suspended, and stuff, but nothing replaces the rub of the green and, and the intensity of being in, the, in a competitive game and, and having to, to, to follow and track your opponent and building up that stamina and and that just that that confidence when you when you're playing. So, but who else was there available? Charles Sadley. I mean, we, you know, Gigo was out and Beba was suspended, and uh, that left us with with Caboret and, um, and and no, I mean, that's it. no, I mean, you could have just changed the marker. Um, you could have put Balerdi instead of Pai because your, your, your whole structure defensively is about winning the challenges because if someone wins your man one-to-one, I mean, no one can offset it and it's a, it's open yeah, yeah, yeah. for someone. So, okay, but, 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 but Balerdi versus Mbappe, right? I, 
I, no, I, I think it's obvious to me that he obviously thinks that the best suited defender of the players available to deal with Mbappe when fit would be Bay. I'm not saying Bay wasn't fit to play 90 minutes. I think that in the game before that against Toulouse, it's obvious to me why he didn't start, which is that he was worried if he got injured, who would be there to play against PSG the next week if Bay got injured against Toulouse. And he tries to manage his game time because he knows he's so injury prone. I think the game, I think it's a very good question. I just think that the game against PSG, um, look, I think it's one thing being match fit for the average player in Ligue 1 at Toulouse or Montpellier or wherever. Being match fit and ready to compete with Mbappe when he sprints at that pace over five yards. And maybe Bayou would never keep up with him, but I just don't think, he, he didn't seem to me like he was fully confident and fully ready and committed for that. I remember watching him in the Champions League for Manchester United against PSG where he played right back, and this was about four years ago, he was maybe man of the match, and he actually played really well against Mbappe. I don't think Bailly can't compete with Mbappe, it's just he didn't seem to me to be in a position where he was ready for it. Now, we can blame Tudor for that. I don't know. Sh- Should he come discover this after 30 seconds as the game, as the game started? I mean, they all have data and GPS, and they are practicing the whole week. Should he come discover that the base is not fit? After the first Mbappé, it's not, it's not. Again, I don't think it's a fitness thing, Charles. I just think it's sharpness, right? Oh, the it's match sharpness. No, but what was, was the other option? What was the other option? Would have been better. That I mean, you know, I'm not sure. Bradley's Ballard, yeah. Bradley's I'm not Bailey. sure Bailey, Bailey would have been better personally. I think that exactly. No, you, what you could have done is you could have moved Klaus to right wing back, Tavares left wing back, brought Kola in the middle, and you could have put. Um, Cola, Balerdi and Bali as a back three, which I thought is what they would do. Um, but they didn't, right? He, he chose the selection he chose and he chose the system he chose. Um, on reflection, it didn't quite work. But I, I don't, I'm not sure. I mean, look, I, I, I think it's a good question to ask. I don't think it's a bad question to ask. It's just that I'm not sure, I'm not sure what else he could have done, if I'm honest. I'm not sure Balerdi would have done a better job personally. It's, yeah, I mean, you can't you can't know anyway. It's ifs and buts, right? Um, but to, to your second point, Charles, I mean, yes, and, and look, he's not the first coach. Um, it was a bit similar with Sampoli last year, right? It's if oh, if the patient build-up possession style doesn't work, then you have to have a plan B. But but I think last year um, it wasn't so much the case because there were the, the, the sort of individualities and, and and players were on form at different points, notably Jackson. Um, he, he pulled out of the back. I mean, it's this year, as you've said, it, it works and we steamroll 90% of the teams. Now, the, the, the big question mark really is, for me, it's 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 a double-edged sword, right? Yes, you would think maybe we could have sat a bit deeper and, and anticipated the, the dangerous stuff. But let's let's be honest, guys. Um, we even it, 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 I'd rather go for it and, and have the first 30 minutes that we had and, and have, a, have a chance to try and take the lead and whatever. Um, because nobody, very few people would have accepted, and even though it probably makes sense and, and it makes sense from a, you know, Mourinho would have done this type of thing, he wouldn't have hesitated, but after after the way we performed and, and absolutely obliterated them in the cup, nobody in that stadium or sat at home would have accepted or been proud or happy with Tudor um, parking the bus and completely shitting it and, and, and deviating from his principles. So, it's, it's a double-edged sword. He can't, you can't win either way, right? Um, in, in terms of public opinion, is the first problem. But secondly, he's just we just know by now. We know he doesn't have a plan B, and, and we live or die by the sword. 
and it, it pays off. It has paid off so far in ninety percent of games in Liga. So I why would, not would, go for I would, it? I would counter that a bit if I'm honest by saying that I think in the cup game we did slightly shift our plan. I think Ranger played quite much deeper than he would normally. Um, yeah, he played centre back, didn't he? Yeah, actually. Well, maybe maybe to Shams' Mark, point, maybe that was it, an option. Huh? Maybe putting him back to, there. It was to Mark Vitinha because Martin Vitinha was playing force nice and his four four two diamond role. That's why Ranger could play high. My, my point isn't about um, the game on Sunday. My point is about that. I do think Tudor, when he feels he wants to, he can adjust his plan. I don't think he just plays the same way every game. I think he actually has. You know, quite interesting models in certain games for adjusting it. Sometimes he gets it wrong when he does that, but I don't. I, you know, I, I think that actually a bit like and Sam Pauli, in my view, was quite similar in that there were games last season where we did adjust the way we played, where we, you know, there were away games where we played on the counter, we let the other team have the ball, and we we won away from home, um, where we were surprising to all of us before it that we did that. But I, I just think that in the end, I think that the the game on Sunday, I think there were so many variables that was different to the cup game. You know, uh, one one you may even argue that Neymar being out helped them, meant that they could adjust their system to work more effectively. On yeah, and that, and that that means they have they have an extra player who comes into the lineup who's going to defend and not just walk around as well. Yeah, I, I think I think you could also argue that you know Mbappe being back is a big swing and Bemba being out is a big swing. Um, I think you could also argue that their intensity was far higher than it was in the cup game, and and therefore. And actually, at the end of the day, it wasn't a 3-0 game. Um, I thought we were a bit unlucky in terms of how the game played out. Um, so, look, it worked against us, let's be honest. But I, I say it again, just briefly, I, I don't personally feel that Sunday is the big letdown of this week. I, I, you know, I was obviously very upset after that game on the night. On reflection, I didn't think Sunday was as bad as some make out. I just think that we got beat by a very good side with some very, very, very top, top, top level players that we don't have, if we're being honest. No, I definitely got your point. And I'm not saying we need to change the strategy. And clearly not the worst down moment we had this week. But maybe this time around, it would be just like, you know what, Alexi and Under, instead of just marking all Paris Saint-Germain players, maybe Sanchez is going to split them in two, which frees Bailey at the back to be able to to roam and just leave Baladi to man to mark Mbappé, even if you know you're going to make mistakes, at least you're going to safety net behind with uh, Bailly. So you don't have to change your approach by stop pressing or by having a low block. Same approach, just one safety net. Um, that's it. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think Tudor is very easy in his starting lineup. Who is the starting, likely starting 11 for the opposition? Okay, who can mark who individually? Vitinha, Rongier. Neymar, Gigo, or it was it was Messi in a cup game, and he was I can't remember who was on the side, and it's simple as that. Um, it's man-to-man marking everywhere. Eleven, ten players on the pitch, ten players man-marking everywhere. That's how we think. Sometimes I just would like maybe you just let kind of Alexis to split their two central defenders because being an S like Marquinhos and Kipembe they are not really good at bringing the ball forward, so you can. Kind of ask Alexis to split the two defenders, which free up Bali to play that roaming defender. He didn't go for that because once again, it's, it's a plan B and Tudor is not plan B. But just to me, it's it's a frustration that I have with with him, um, especially when you play a team which are supposed to be better than you. Yes, uh, look, we, yeah, we could we could argue all evening, guys. Um, look, he he again. I think we we can all agree that maybe. We would have gone for a classical lineup with Klus at the back, right, right wing back, regardless of 
of uh, you know him getting exposed um, two weeks before and stuff. But he did what he did. Beyond that, it worked for, for the best part of 30 minutes. We created the chances. We didn't take them. Um, and and we, we'll do plenty of, of Tavares bashing in a bit, I'm sure. But uh, it, it, you know that, that you're in trouble as a, as a fan when you're, you're, you're reliant and looking back on the two chances that your right wing back had. We, we created fuck all after that. Um, and I think, you know, beyond, beyond yes, PSG obviously stepped it up and, and went ahead and our heads dropped. So they, they just showed their class and their quality, which they didn't in the cup game. Um, we just, we just, we, we looked hopeless going forward. We just couldn't string three, three passes together. It was very hesitant. Um, and, and as we said, like it, it just goes to show the previous weeks, maybe the, the wheels had started to come off and the signs were there because we didn't create much more, but we were, we were very clinical and we just weren't on Sunday. And when you face opposition of that quality, um, it, I mean, it reminded me in, in a few ways of that, of the Tottenham game at the Villadrome, right? We had loads of chances in the first half. Uh, probably only a couple of them were clear cut, including the goal, but we, we, we failed to make our dominance count. We weren't clinical. We, and, we were, and when we you play quality... We were, we were dominant against Tottenham than against PSG. I mean, we I, were, I, but 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 the, the, what I'm saying is that, that you you know that there is a, an inevitability that you will get punished at some point. That's that's yeah, football, I, and that's I, the end. I, I have to say, actually, on I I actually agree with a lot of what Charles is saying. I actually think that you know, in reality, um, it'd be interesting to see the game on Sunday to see whether Tudor does decide that he needs to adjust the plan because Ren, obviously, especially their front three, can be very dangerous to play against and I don't know who's definitely going to be fit if Gijo is going to be fit or not and if he is I'm sure he'll play but but the reality is that it'll be interesting to see if we if we continue down this road of you know man-to-man duels or whether we actually adjust the plan at all in any of these games because I think actually that was a problem on Sunday the fact is that defensively when it came to -to man-to-man duels um, we did whenever they went forward pretty much we tended to get ripped open and that is something that I think against mid mid tier opposition, as Charles said, um, it's easy to manage. But even against teams like Nice, we've had problems with that this season already. And I think the reality is, it is something for us to think about um, before the end of the season, especially if we have proper aspirations to finish second still, which um, I'm sure we all hope we do. Um, I think it is something for us to consider, and and whether the coach will think about adapting his plans in games where that might be more of a challenge than others. I think it'll be an interesting thing to watch for the rest of the season, to be honest. I, I guess, it, yeah. I mean, uh, to, sorry, just to, to strike a bit of a middle ground. I, I, I guess I agree with you both, but, but maybe, maybe not when you've got, you know, we, we've been lucky that Gigo has been on fire and Bemba has been on fire. But, but yeah, I agree. Actually, taking a step back and when, when instead of instead of um, just just expecting and, and doing the naive thing that too many coaches do, which is, the, you know, the players are well drilled in training to the, the drills and, and how to defend them as a unit, regardless of their starters or not. They do this every day with their teammates. Um, maybe I agree. Maybe maybe in these cases when you don't have the, the, the same personnel available to you with the same qualities that actually make that system work, like Jigo and, and, and Memba, being on form, but also just just having those profiles that they've been so dominant in recent games and in the Cup game against PSG when they're not available, maybe maybe yeah, maybe that's a learning curve for him. Which is well, if they're not available, the others don't have the same capacities as they do, and maybe we need to tweak it slightly. Yeah, I I, I agree with you on that, um, but yeah, Tudor would never change. So Callum, just just let you know, on, against Rennes, he's going to do exactly the same. He's going to put Nuno on Togu. 
is going to put I don't know Balerdi I guess on uh, on Guiri, so he will not change. Uh, that's too dark. Right, and, and, Bamba, and Bamba's back is fine. We don't need to worry about things. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but coming back to your point, it's also why when the momentum is shifting and we're starting to have a very low moment, that's what we concede. Um, but I think what has changed compared to the first half of the season pre-World Cup to what's happening before. Pre-World Cup, but sometime like against Tottenham, we had a huge momentum and we could score or barely scored. What have happened really since after the World Cup, we had, when we have positive momentum, like against Toulouse, we could score two, three on a row without any problem. So that is positive. But when we still have this low moment, because physically we drop the fatigue or because one or two players starting to lose their challenges, we concede. And I think that the story of Marseille this week and pretty much since for a few weeks, we've been considering quite a lot of goals against uh, against Nice, against Monaco, is we have not yet fixed that defensive issue, which is linked to the defensive approach. When we have a low momentum, it's very low and we tend to concede. At least now we score goals when we have a positive momentum, but we have not yet fixed this issue of, of the low moments in the game. Yeah, agree. Um, just just to finish off on on the PSG game, um, uh, yeah, Callum, you were actually there. Um, I guess give us give us a bit of a lowdown on on the build up during the day, the atmosphere. Um, yeah, just just share your thoughts, really. What was it like? The T4 were, were bloody exceptional, I have to say. But um, well, I've been I've been to the fixture five times now, so for me, it's it's no longer a kind of like wow moment to be there. If I'm honest, because I've been there so many times. But I do think that. Um, this season, Look how he's showing off now. Well, I, to, I, <laughs> I know you don't like him. I have to at some point. I think the, 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 the truth is that across the course of this season, this is the closest we've ever felt to being like we're on a par with them. And therefore, I felt the build-up this year was a bit different to most years. I didn't feel like the vibe was that we were inferior anymore. And I guess coming out of the game, a lot of people would have felt that we still are. But I think a lot of people went into it feeling like this is the moment where we're actually back in a competitive competition with them. And there was a real positive energy around the place. Um, And in fairness, during the early stages of the game, there was no reason to feel that that isn't the case. But I just think that in the end, um, as always, it was a great atmosphere. It went a bit flat uh, for about 10 minutes after the first two goals, as you can understand, because suddenly people start to think, well, the dream's over again. But no, I think it was a, it was all as always. It was a great classic in terms of the atmosphere and the tifos and the energy of the support. Um, it's just a shame the game didn't quite live up to that in terms of the way it panned out. Yeah, I guess it's yeah, it happens, and um, I agree with you. Yeah, it's probably the closest we we felt, especially after beating them barely, you know, not a, 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 just over a week ago. You're sort of thinking, yeah, you know, this is the best chance. We're going to have. I mean, you've you 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 say you've been to a few. You've probably seen us get battered if you've been to five in recent years. So <laughs> I guess it's yeah, it's just it's the way it goes. It's always worth going. Um, it's it's just a shame when it falls flat. But uh, anybody. I do think, who, by the way, that that's, that spectacle misses out. I, I've said this for years. That spectacle misses out on the fact that neither side is allowed to take away fans to it still. And no, it's ridiculous. That, that has to Fucking change. Shocking. Because, you go any major derby in Europe, you look at them like Lazio, Roma, or um, you know any of these big games around Europe, in Germany especially, and in England, it is renowned for the fact that you've got these two sets of fans that engage with each other in kind of vitriolic, angry, 
exchanges. Hundred um, percent. And yeah. that needs it back to make it as strong and as 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 much of a classic as possible. I think until that comes back, it will never be quite the same. No, I agree, you, I agree. you organize the Olympics in one year time. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, France. France is such a great sporting country, and oh, um, you know, just mentioned in passing, they they got scolded for, for their management of the Champions League final last year. What a surprise! But that that takes us on to the yeah. This is what I'm going to start fucking despairing a bit. Um, regardless of the opposition, right? We've we've taken some hidings at home in recent years and and even away, but. There's often been at least a minimum reaction or, or you know, some fucking pride or something. Um, the, the scene was perfectly set. We're playing a League Two team in the French Cup. We've knocked out Hen and PSG in previous rounds. We've got pretty much a red carpet to the final, um, you know, in terms of our dynamic and, and our form compared to all of the other teams left in it. The, fortunately, the Vélodrome was, was yet again full which is not often the case in midweek, even less for a, a team against lower league team, um, a game against lower league teams. All of the ingredients were there for us to all think, yeah, no worries, you know, Sunday's a blip, the quality, the golfing quality got, got exposed, we'll bounce back, beat and anti emphatically, qualify for the semis of the cup and, and we'll all be booking our, our, our Eurostars or our coaches to Paris for, for, for the end of April. Well, guess what? No. <laughs> um, it, it just, it just, had to, to be a repeat of, of, of classic old school fucking OM, l'OM qu'on aime, as we say. Um, this was the 10th time, and this is the, the, the worst record globally, by the way, in any league, the 10th time since 2000 that we've OM have lost home or away to a lower, lower division team. Um, and it, it just, it, it's the scenario was horrific. I mean, we had 94% fucking possession until the 30th minute. We got that all-important opener um, after having a goal disallowed rightfully for Klaus being offside. Um, and then I just can't explain what happened. We stopped fucking playing. We just stopped. We froze. Um, they got an equaliser due to, to Kolasinac losing the ball in our own half and then Balerdi stepping, just not stepping in and, and trying to commit to a challenge on the man and, and Genduzi not doubling up on the pressing so the guy gets is able to cut inside and equalise in the box. And then they get a second goal because we are just passive. We're fucking watching them. And suddenly it's nightmare alley. We're all thinking, Jesus Christ, how has this happened? And then we find the miracle equaliser through, through some, you know, Mouge, this, this young Cameroonian kid that we signed on on the women's summer and the guy, you know, he scores a great goal, but, but bless him. He, he didn't even celebrate it. He, you know, he should have been running for the corner flag and jubilating. He, he almost broke down in tears, like out of the relief that, that we, we weren't going to get humbled. And then, and then we lose on fucking penalties. Like that. I mean, I've got plenty more to say, but, but how do you explain what happened? I mean, can, how, how can you explain it? Um, we did what we did, but we do quite often, mate. We um, we do what we think is going to be impossible, and we somehow managed to achieve it. Look, the reality is that um, I mean, look. Firstly, credit to Annecy. I thought their effort, their endeavour. Uh, I thought their goalkeeper was great. I thought their defence was great. I thought the, the the sort of sweeper defender in the middle was man of the match by a mile. Um, look, I, I just think at the end of the day, we um, we bottled it. 
right? And and I have to say it. I know not, not a lot of people will like me for it, but last night I also saw Tottenham go out of the FA Cup in the last minute, Sheffield United, and I just started thinking to myself, we are becoming like the Tottenham of France. It's literally like every time you get anywhere near a trophy, um, we just seem to capitulate and 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 and, and mess it up, like final last season. Um, last night was the same against much lower opposition and I think the main thing for me is just the fact that after scoring after the wee man Moog scored in the last minute um, to take it to penalties after scoring that and then they're missing their first penalty in the velodrome in front of what was by that point about 55,000 people because loads of people had left which is a disgrace in my opinion <laughs> they tried to yeah. rush back in after the, no, no, they heard the no, noise no, of the equaliser. <laughs> but my point is, that after they missed the first penalty, we've scored our first penalty. In that scenario, having scored in the 96th minute, I think to then, I mean, fair play to Annecy, the way they scored their penalties from there, but to then lose it is just embarrassing, if I'm honest. Like, from that position of strength, from that position of, you know, the scenarios it had played out. And it's one of those nights. I'm not, I'm not going to... I'm not going to try and lose my temper too much because it's very easy to lose your temper in this situation about this but reality is that we lost uh, somehow and we all have to pick ourselves up and go again on Sunday and the aim now has to be to finish second right and I know it's not ideal it's not what we all wanted this season but we have to pick ourselves up and go again uh, it's too fresh for me uh, it's just I mean like you said we were so close from Felak. We are getting closer to Paris Saint-Germain. Direction taken since Longoria to cover is the right one. We are progressing, getting things improving everywhere. Every light is flashing green. And then we won against Paris Saint-Germain. So this trophy is so close. Good draw at home, 65,000 people. And then if you wake up this morning, it's just so low. Uh, I, I really don't know how to explain that game. Like you said, Callum is one of those nights, but unfortunately the timing is wrong. It's not we lost against Clermont a few weeks ago. It was the most important game when we're starting to be favorite against an underdog, where everyone is saying Marseille is going to win a trophy for the first time in 10, 20, 20, 12 years. And you just don't live up to your expectations. So the Spurs comparison is sadly is so accurate. So we're progressing is fine, but we need to break that glass ceiling that we have not done yet. And you could see that. I mean, I'm not going to blame the player because they put the effort. I mean, it looks like Veretu left his ankle yesterday on the pitch. They all run a lot. They did what they have to do. They followed Tudor approach. Tudor tried to make slight changes. He's not made a whole turnover like we were scared about because every time there was a massive turnover, we lost. So he made a bit of a turnover, not massive. But yeah, that game slipped away from us. Um, but yeah, first half, we can see like the intention were here, but like so many floppy passes. Like, I feel like the need of the, all the players were rushing a bit. Like not feeling like we're going to be aggressive physically. They are all rushing a bit, the offside. It means there's a run being away too early, not timed pretty well, or the passes went too late. And then second half, just one or two things, one or two mistakes, and you bet them, which happen when you have a bad night. Uh, so yeah, it's 
it's a bad nine, but the timing has to be questioned. And the fact like Marseille has been failing the whole year, Frankfurt, Tottenham, uh, I can't remember the games now. Every time there's a big cliff, we're missing it and we're dropping. So, yeah, it's just uh, the group has a glass ceiling. The club has a glass ceiling. How to break it? Please enlighten me because I have no clue. And especially tonight is too fresh. Uh, it's, it, yeah, it's 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 just fucking catastrophic. I mean, um, it happened last year as well. Um, I mean, uh, we we didn't have much left to play for, but um, certainly I, I I was there, right? I remember it. And uh, well, but before that, we lost at home to Lyon, right? When when we could have got like six points clear in second, I think if we would have beat Lyon at home, and we lost three 0 and and yes, there was some dodgy refereeing yet again, but. But in the space of four days, your fucking season's ended, right? But at least yeah, it, we were saying it. But we were saying it, mate, just before the pod with Callum. We were saying, yeah, but that was in that was in like late April. So we'd had a, a decent European run. Uh, we'd sort of lived up to what you would expect from OM every season, which is you, you get to at least a semi-final. Um, you know, there's losing and losing, but but you, the consistency is we're challenging and we're, we're consistently in those positions to compete. The difference this year is that we, we crashed out of fucking Europe um, in, in a dreadful way where we concede that stupid fucking last minute goal that, that means we don't even get Europa League through a draw. And, and so literally, that's what I was trying to say before when I introduced the game is we know after Sunday, we're back to, to, to being distanced by PSG. So all of this dream is pretty much dead and buried, bar a miracle. So they, you know, we know, they fucking know, the club, the players, the staff, the most important game of the season was yesterday night. And to, to the approach, I mean, I, I can't really agree with you. The players did did their job, but there, there was just such a lack of precision in the first half. Fine, fine you know, and, and I think them rushing it, part of that is mainly due to, you know, they're, they're sort of thinking, hey, if we get two early goals, the other team just are going to give up and then, we can manage the game because we have the quality. But but the minute you don't do that, the demons creep in. And lo and behold, like the second half was just a, it was a fuckery. It was absolute, just just non-professional. Um, and and I, I, you have to, we have to single players out. And I don't want to bash them, but, but Payet, you know, it's like, mate, I'm almost, I bash him every week. I'm fucking done with him. He's dead to me. But... I just felt pity for him because he was so off the fucking pace. He just looks lost. He's got quality, right? And and we all like to think that he's capable of, of turning it on for 15, 20 minutes. But to not even be able to keep up and, and make a minimum difference against the Ligue 2 team, um, it felt like we were yet again playing with 10 men in the first half. And then in the second half, Genduzi was lost. And, and we all we've all sort of praised him for his fighting spirit game. and his well the whole game but but you know he's one of those where we're like no no he's the guy that you know it, when they equalise he's the guy you'd expect to clap his hands and get the team in the huddle and go guys no fucking way come on you know he's he's the sort of fighter you'd expect but he just looked like a deer in the headlights um fucking every there was no one you can single out who had the positive performance it was just dreadful in the second half even sanchez just i think if you i think bemused. i think if you summarize it though charles just said it i think look whenever we're the favorite at anything i expect us to not perform well um we don't have the mindset that you need to be champions let's be let's be real right 
You look at that team last night, none of them looked like they wanted to grab that game by the horns and go, we're the favourites to win this competition, now we're going to go and smash it and win it. They, they've all got, still got this complex at the club, and Charles said it earlier, it's all about being the underdog that punches above our weight and, and, and takes on the big boys. And I think Longoria, when he came into the club, he did clearly say, I want to take this club and I want to take them back into the top 20 clubs in Europe, right? To do that, we need a different mindset. Because in my opinion, clubs like Dortmund don't lose that game last night. Clubs like um, uh, AC Milan, in general, don't lose cup games like that at home. They go on and they, they go and at least get to the final and play another big club and maybe lose or maybe win the final in these competitions. We have a tendency in these situations, in my experience, having followed this club for a long time, um, but especially in the last 10, 15 years, to just capitulate any sign of pressure, any sign of um, really, really challenging times. Deschamps was a winner. He knew how to build a sort of winning culture. We've had other managers who've done the same. Let's be real. This has been going on at this club for a long time now. And actually, it's a cultural shift that needs to happen. And maybe Tudor's the guy who can help make it happen. I don't know. But the truth is that I don't think any of us can say you look at that team last night and they look like a group of winners because to me they definitely didn't. But that's what to me is so surprising and and you exactly say put exact words beyond my thought because this is a club we had but we have improved and when Payet was your leader for the last two to three years the guy I mean had no trophy and he does have the leader winning mentality fair but now we don't rely on Payet he's no longer a key guy. You have Alexis Sanchez, who put Chile at the top of South America. You got Chancel and Pepper. I don't know many trophies it won at Porto. So you're starting to see like, um, sorry, um, Pablito Longoria ma- managing to change the leadership within the group. You know, I'm not saying Rongier is a leader, but it looks like it. He has never won any trophy, yeah, but it looks I think, like. I it. Think it- yeah, he's, but, he's um, go ahead, mate, finish. But, but, I but now the, the leaders of the groups are Alexis Sanchez, Mbemba, and probably Rongier or Gendouzi, who have won nothing. But I mean, they are the leaders. So there's a change of leadership in the group, and still, first hurdle, ANSI at home, you lose. So, how, how really, guys, I just tonight, I'm without any solution. How I, mean, I think it's. Cycle? Uh, it's, I mean, it's going to take time, and and I, I, you know, I love Rongier, and I think he deserves the armband, and I, I think sadly, um, it's been since Deschamps days that that we don't have uh, a tolier, as we say in French, right, a proper club man, a proper fucking um, guy that that just refuses to lose. He's not often the best player, right? Um, we've had them in the past, Sana, Einze, those guys weren't fucking star players, and they yeah. wouldn't score hat tricks, but. So what do you think of Alexis and Bemba, Rongier, Gendouzi? Well, this, this, well what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is that I, I agree with you, and it's good we've overhauled the squad. We needed to, right? We needed to bring quality. We needed to bring experience. We needed to bring a different style in terms of leadership, in terms of the players who lead, by example, aren't the Payets and Mondondas because, oh, look, they've been at the club so long, and, oh, Payet has moments of magic and he's our technical leader. It doesn't mean that, that you're a leader. It doesn't mean that you have that, that fucking disgust for defeat right um we, we are missing a, a Roy Keane type player right but all of those players Charles I agree with you great additions but but they're 10% plus 10% plus 10% plus 10% what we're missing is the is is the 50% stalwart of the uh, of the squad which is which is a Sana or a Heinz a guy that's been there for two or three years even a Van Buena you know I, I, we've got to praise this dude the guy was in a 
facing adversity. But what I mean is that when you've got a guy like that who's who's come from nowhere and is is outrunning you in training and is showing that fuck fuck this, I've been given the, a golden ticket to Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. Well, I'm going to make the most of it. Um, it, it's just that difference that we're missing for me is that we need, um, you, you just need, Kamaha maybe could have been it, I don't know, and I don't, I'm not saying it has to be someone from the academy, but we are missing that person I, who I don't think it's about hates defeat. I don't think it is. I don't think it's about, it. I think we've got loads of team players in our squad who are winners. I think this is about the culture of the club, and I actually think, personally, I think, honestly, if you ask yourself a question, if that game was away from home last night rather than at home, I bet you we would have won. Because I think the pressure of the Valentine's Stadium, um, everything that's that went with sadly, it. That's sadly, sadly so true, mate. This, sadly this, so this, true. This, this club has a has a real problem. Anytime we get into these situations of real pressure, especially at home, where the hype and the build-up around it. I mean, look at that Tottenham game. I mean, I was loving it at the time. But look at the way that all of the fans are following the coach to the stadium with the flares out. and I mean, all of that. Like, honestly, do we really think this helps them? I'm not sure it does. If it, like they're preparing for a big football match, right? You don't go anywhere else in mainland Europe where it is like that in, in one of the developed countries like France or Italy or Spain or Germany or England, where the fans are lined up on the streets like that. Sort of take, I think there is a cultural issue with the club that has gone way before the players that we currently have. I don't think these players are losers. I think many of them are winners. I think they prove it again and again and again in big games in league on this season and last season that they have a winning mindset when they need it. It's just that we have a real cultural problem as a club and it has to shift. And I, I don't know what the solution is. I don't know whether it's, you know, something's going to happen in terms of the way that these games are played, etc. I don't know. But I just think that last night is unforgivable. I don't think anybody could go into um, Sunday's game at Wren. Look, I mean, you said it earlier in a text to me, Ben, but the pressure is probably off the players a bit in some way for Sunday. And I bet you they'll be better for it. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, they'll, they'll they'll be they'll feel like the pressure's off them a bit, but we don't deal well with this. PSG deal well with it. Let's be honest, they deal well with that. We're 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 here to win, and we're we're the favourites, and we're going to do it. We don't deal well with that. We well, not not, not just PSG, but there are other clubs. Even Lyon are sometimes, even when they're not the favourites, yeah, exactly. they just in the last twenty years they've just got a much better record in in the in the bigger games, even in Europe than we have. I mean, again, I, I've I've. My, my, that's my view of things in terms of how I think it could be addressed, right? And it's not going to change overnight. And we, I just don't think we have that player in the squads currently that that you do see in 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 even in um in other um you know sort of European teams. I mean, in um Napoli for for a long while, and and this was when they started to build up to the success they're now having. But Marek Hamzik was that player, right? He was he was that he was that fucking do or die guy who. Whether you can't question his ability, I've always rated him. But but he was he just refused to lose, and he knew, and he could he he was not Napoli, he was the city of Naples. He he incarnated it, um, and those Heinze and type and Sana type players, and, and even Jawara to an extent back in the day, we we just we just don't look have at, that type Napoli of player. Look at look at look at Napoli last season. They're going to walk Serie A this year. They might win the Champions League. Last season they looked like they were going to win Serie A, and they bottled it. Right. Yeah, they're bottled so, it. Yeah, they're, but, they, but um, they're, they're, they're another club like us that we will have moments again where we'll win big trophies. Don't get me wrong, we will. We're, we're just we, not there yet. We're yeah. just not there yet, and the truth is that you know there's a cultural shift that still needs to take place. Maybe Napoli have been through it. 
To, to, to your point, just to finish off from, from my two cents as well, and in fact, so this this is the story of my life, really. I've just had, I've rarely been been blessed and happy football-wise in terms of my my clubs and my national teams winning apart. You know, I, was, I, I support England, but happy when France win and stuff. But um, it, it, what you're saying, Callum, with the coach and, and the pressure and the flares and all of that, it, it reminds me of what I experienced personally like with England and, and I remember growing up and, and you know watching England in tournaments with Beckham and and I think arguably the best the best national team they've had in a long time was Euro 2004 Rooney and all of that but but I always remembered questioning the sentence to my mum I was like mum what what the fact does England expects mean and it, and and it's, it's a similar thing with OM almost it's like the expectation and, and the fans and um, you know, because of '93, the glory days, and all of that, there is there is an expectation that we will get back to that. And but but it's not measured. It's completely out of control and out of proportion, and completely sort of uh, de, de sort of deregulated and detached from reality. Which is, yeah, sure we expect, but but actually look at our fucking records. We shouldn't expect anything because we're fucking dismal and we have a tendency to bottle these type of, of games. So. Um, I, we all know it's not going to change the the, the, the passion, the craziness around around the OM games and these types of, of events and big games and stuff. But but it does it has inevitably created this disillusion and and this and this complete um, dejection and, and and fucking despair like today on social media and, and and that we're all experiencing, which is for fuck's sake, yet again we we we, we bottle it and not even in the face of. of, of adversity and and, and 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 playing a team that was better than us we just bottled the occasion we didn't live up to the bare minimum which is winning a game at home against a lower division side yeah i mean i agree with everything i just said guy uh, and the cultural shift is is bang on so I, I really hope we just like napoli one season ago and they stuck with um spalletti they just got rid of a few players, change a bit the leaders. I don't think we need like 50% of the group being made of leaders because that's when you start to have clash in the changing group when you have too many leaders. You need to have the right blend. I think we are almost bang on. Uh, and longer can Ribalta keeps talking about Juventus, what they love from Juventus. And this cultural shift doesn't open overnight. So this is the only optimistic note I could say from, from that loss. Um, Last night, yeah, I, it's just, I, we're just in the middle of that cultural shift and hopefully uh, the road is brighter ahead. But I, t- tonight, I can't stop myself from making the opposite scenario like we're on the right path. And you know, it's just sometimes one goal for the momentum to completely turn. You yeah. lose against Rennes on Sunday and then you finish fourth and you're back to pretty much where we were when Garcia left. When he had an amazing season, but finished fourth, and then this is the way downward, with a massive wage bill and change of of change of president because he wants to get his money back. He wants to make some Champions League. So it's a very, very, very narrow path. I'm glad for Napoli fans that they managed to get through, and cultural shift happened. They're going to win the Serie, but I'm still not 100% convinced that Marseille is going to follow them. Um, so it's. Yeah. It's it's it's, 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 it's yeah it's, it's just yeah but what what you're saying is if we, it feels like we've taken two huge steps forwards in terms of the, the 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 season and a half we've experienced but but again after last night it feels like five fucking steps backwards and I think I mean I I, the, I actually I actually I, I I actually think to be honest we've had seven months of real 
overall feeling like wow we've come on a lot yeah we've just had we've had a week where we're all looking at going have we we actually made any progress and i think look i i personally believe um this game on sunday is now massive i think that if we lose on sunday i can see how this could really quickly unravel i think if we draw on sunday i I would take that at the moment i would take that a drop of a hat get a draw and just rebuild from here I personally believe we'll finish in the top three. I'm not worried. I think we will easily. I don't I don't look at anyone other than Monaco and think they are going to be there with us by May. But at the same time, um, obviously, I totally agree with Charles that there is there is a worry with us that we can just at any point capitulate and it can go very, very badly wrong very quickly from anywhere. And that's my only concern. And coming back to this first comparison, I mean, something Arsenal was in a very narrow pass a few, few weeks ago. And Jorginho scored at the 93rd minute against Alison Villa. And now they are favourite to win their first title in so many years. Unfortunately, last night, we didn't have that. So it's a narrow pass between winning and losing. And unfortunately, uh, we are not yet there. Well, you you can't compare. I mean, Tottenham's, yeah, sadly, and I'm I'm half fucking throwing up in my mouth mentioning the comparison, but it's true. But but Arsenal, to to the point, and maybe to... Uh, you know, to the solution you sort of said, Charles, is how do we change things? I mean, beyond personnel, I mean, it's consistency. Look at Arsenal. You know, they, they stuck with Arteta um, when they had a horrible run 18 months ago. I think they won one of 10 games and and they stuck with it. And um, you could argue they've got, you know, they've got huge, bigger pressures than we have from the fan base. Well, not bigger, but I mean, certainly economically, um, you know, the fans, after many, many years of frustration, similar to OM, they, they're expecting much better. And, and look, they've stuck with it and it took three years, but they're there. They're on the path now. And, and even if they don't win the Premier League, um, if they finish second, it's a huge step forward for them. And, and they, they've got a, a game plan. They've got a, a recruitment system. They've got a, an internal structure, which is consistent. And, and that's probably one step in the right direction. And we'll see this summer. But but made, keeping Tudor for a start and not changing manager for the, the fourth time in, in six years would, would certainly help um, improve and he'll probably learn and, and never want to feel like he did yesterday again. And, and adding to that, hopefully, um, we're, because we're going to find out, I think, next week, actually, about what, what if, we, if we do get a transfer ban or not in relation to the gay Watford affair. But um, hopefully this summer isn't the same as, as last summer and the one before where we, we changed 50% of the squad. Hopefully this summer we, we, we make a couple of decent sales and we're actually, we actually only add three players, but we had top fucking players like with Deschamps when he brings in Lucho Gonzalez and Heinze. Hopefully this summer we can do that. And then, and then that's, uh, that means we've added quality, not just quantity. We've maintained the spine of the squads. We've not had to, to chop and change it and hope for, for a miracle because, you know, it's pretty miraculous what, what Sampoli did last year and also Tudor this year with, with a 50% renewed squad is to to maintain us in, in, in the top three of the league throughout the season. So I think that's another step in that direction. I would forget about the summer for now, but my thing would just be, can we finish second, to be honest? And that, that's but, the only thing we have left, mate. That's the only yeah, thing we I have mean, left. That's the only thing we should be thinking about. We shouldn't even be thinking about, I mean, that's up to Longoria and the recruitment guys to be thinking about planning for the summer now. But the truth is that for us as fans and for the club and for Tudor and the rest, the, the focus now has to be, right, can we stop the rot on Sunday? I'd take a draw any day of the week in that game. But at the end of the day, if we can get stop the rot there, 
and then we can actually go back to doing what we've been doing in recent weeks in the league, been quite efficient. You know, you've got to remember that since the World Cup, our form in the league has been pretty amazing. I mean, if you actually look at the last 13 league games, <coughs> I think we've won 10 of them or nine of them. So the reality is, if we can get back to that sort of form, Monaco won't keep up their form that they've been on. And we'll probably end up, um, in my opinion, we'll probably end up finishing second. So but there's a lot to play for. There's a lot to be positive about once we get through this initial grief about what happened last night. But the reality is right now, it's just hurting too much to think logically and practically like that. But we will get there. We will get there. Oh boys, I'm loving it. It's why uh, group therapy, therapy works. <laughs> we have managed to end up on a positive note, which is pretty good. And I was just looking at the fixtures. After red, we got uh, Strasbourg, Reims, Montpellier, Lorient, Troyes, and then we're back to yeah. Lyon, then Auxerre, and then Lens. So if we, like you said, manage to get to draw away this, uh, this Sunday, then we come back on a winning streak. Um, aware Strasbourg and aware Trans, so yeah, potentially. Uh, but well, well, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll wrap up here, guys. But um, uh, just just very quickly, quick fire. What's what's your prediction for Sunday, Callum? Um, we're gonna win three 0 mate. <laughs> Sean? Uh, I'm solo tonight, man. You should not have asked me that question. Uh, I'll go two one, Ren. Ooh, I, I I think we'll scrape a one 0 because Rennes are, are pretty dire at the minute as well, and and we'll just find enough of Mbemba back. I think we'll we'll scrape a one 0 I think Balladi is going to make another mistake because Tudor is a bloody donkey. He's going to stick to Balladi at the back. It's all right. Mbemba's back. It's all right. He'll he'll save us. But um, guys, thanks for joining. Um, Pleasure, guys. Yeah, it's, it was, it's group it was great therapy. to talk to you. Yeah, you mentioned group therapy, too, Sean. You, you, when we started this pod with with Stefan and Ed and the guys, it was during the the the, the second Gaza season where, where, where we were fucking terrible. And this is exactly what it was. It was group therapy. Thankfully, it feels much less like that in recent seasons because we have improved. Um, but it's always it's always nice to vent. Um, and hopefully, you guys hear much more positive episodes from us because the team get their act together and, and start winning again. But um, yeah, thanks guys. Ali Luem and, and let's hope that we turn it around.